Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday. Give you some wagers here in a second. I mentioned golf earlier. It's back, but I got college basketball as well. Maybe some NFL, probably tomorrow there. We'll carry it over to tomorrow. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There's Director Matthews here. Tom's over there. I pointed the wrong direction. That's force of habit. You know, that's how it works. Uh, on Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. Good to have you along. Hope you're well. Going to a nice dinner tonight, Tom, after my son's basketball game. Going to do it up, sit outside. Enjoy myself. Watch a little college basketball. So sitting outside wouldn't be a play for us right now up here. But what what kind of food are you getting? Well, uh, I'm not sure, but I, the kind of restaurant I'm going to is uh, this is a nice restaurant. This is a nice one. So it's probably either going to be a delectable steak or Michael um, seafood or both, Tom, or both could be surf and turf. You don't know. Is this a place that had the coffee rub steak that we once? It went is not to, that or? place. No, okay. um, no, it's not that place. So we'll we'll see. Uh, by the way, really quickly, uh, I, I don't want to get it out there because I get distracted. I always forget. Uh, here you go. Take South Florida. They're on a roll. Lay the five and a half against Temple. You know we're getting in the weeds, kids. It's time. You got to start locking it in. They've won five straight games as USF. Unfortunately, one of those was over Florida State. And um, if you're looking at their points per possession numbers right now, they've been phenomenal. So I'm going to ride the hot hand with that one. And I may actually take the under in Coastal Carolina against Texas State. We're doing, you know, Tom, there's a new way to do this. Now, if you want to play the siren, guys, you go ahead. You crank that siren all you want. I I understand. Um, But... (laughs) But, but there's a new way to do this, and as college basketball has gotten metric heavy, I embrace it as a gambler. I don't have to watch. I'm doing the money ball approach to gambling college basketball right now. I don't have to watch the games. I just need to know who are creating the best looks. Who are create? That's a stat now, too, Tom. Like When you talk about getting a good shot, in essence, we look at metrics now that gauge how often do you get a good shot. That's reliable over time. Are you creating good shots? Are you keeping others from having good looks? Then you look at tempo. We start gauging over and unders. You look at streaks. You look at which player. It's a good time. So I'm doing it. 
Um, I'm do, I'm going there, and I'm going to say that. That's the, listen again. I don't. I'm not telling you this team's going to the Sweet 16. I'm just telling you I'm betting on them tonight and laying the five. That's not bad. I've uh, I've started to hone in my skills on the hockey. Uh, that's it's something that's on the TV a lot up here. Like even if you go out, hockey's on television, and I'm going, oh, look at this. The people in the north embrace the the hockey. Yeah, okay, well, what do you know? It's it's almost like it's fit for that. Uh, but I, I've been playing the Lightning a lot on the under. In terms of the goal totals, uh, they pushed the other night. It was a bad beat against uh, Winnipeg. They've got it's six again, six flat, and I don't love that number. Mm-hmm. So you get more insurance at six and a half against Minnesota. But generally speaking, they're playing a tighter, more conservative style of hockey because they have their defensemen hurt. You would think defensemen hurt means more goals against, but if you're trying to account for that, you're going to play more conservatively. So just as somebody watches a lot of lightning hockey, that six is still tempting enough for tonight. They're playing Minnesota in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, if you're like me, here you go. We all jump back into the world of golf. Top 10, Tom Ken, Kim at plus 1,600. I always sprinkle pizza money on Sepp Straka when I can. Top 10 for Sepp. Eric Cole, top 20. Luke List, top 20. Also went with Sepp to win it at plus 4,000. Okay. Now, I think anytime you sprinkle pizza money on Sepp, or maybe sometimes more than pizza money on Sep. It should be known as the Tallahassee Zaxby's Sep Straka pick of the week, because uh, I believe that they're acquaintances, uh, people from the Tallahassee Zaxby's ownership uh, area and Sep Straka himself. It's awesome that you tied this into a promotion for our friends at Zaxby's who sponsor this show, sponsor this hour, and we wrap our arms around it because you are correct, sir. Danny, uh, a proud Golden Chief booster for over 18 years, and his company there, Zaxby's, delicious food, delicious food, uh, are, in fact, friends with the Straka family. And I don't think he would mind me telling you that, as he told us that over lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I have been told that Sepp is willing to sit down with yours truly and do an interview. So I don't know how it services the Florida State audience, but it would be great for me to be able to do, and I'd love to sit down and talk to Sepp. So uh, I think I will. I think I will, and we'll we'll have it as an aside. Maybe it would be a bellying up. Maybe to, tonight you can play a number. Let's see. Do they have uh, individual round numbers for Sep Straka over under, say, 68 and a half? And then we could have a Sep Straka update tomorrow presented by our friends at Tallahassee Area Zaxby. I like that. We'll do that. We'll do it a constant. I um, By the way, so if, if you're new to golf betting, folks, when you pick a winner, you don't expect to win. It's just a little bit of uh, pizza money in case you happen to actually win the tournament. That's why you get crazy odds. Even the guys that, you know, even if you're like Scotty Scheffler, he's still got, it's still like plus 550. You know, it's it's not, you're not usually going to pick the winner. The, gone are the days where you could, say it was 2,000, and you'd bet on Tiger Woods at minus money <laughs> against an entire field. No, man, like even in a field of 80, even 5 to 1 is absurd. I mean, it's absurd. That that tells you how good you are. Yes. But yeah, 40 to one. I like it. I like it because you'll hit one or two every other year. That's what the odds say you're going to do. And then you feel like you just made it rain, even though you're probably breaking even every, if you account for uh, 60 weeks worth of picks of outright winners. Florida state is hosting defensive back Earl little jr. And that is the news of the day in the portal, other than you lost the Purdue defensive end, 
who many thought might be a slam dunk when he entered his name into the portal and seemed excited about visiting Florida State. Well, he chose not to. He didn't arrive. The visit to Texas A&M was all he needed, and he said that's where he's going. So in the wake of that disappointment, you wanted good news, you got good news. It appears that Earl Little Jr., uh, a really high-profile, studly defensive back transfer opportunity, is uh, excited about the possibility of coming to Florida State. A lot of people think in the business that this is um, almost a lock. Uh, he played high school football uh, for Patrick Sertan uh, at, uh, what is that, American Heritage? Do I remember that right? Mm-hmm. So so that, that makes some sense, and it would be good. Uh, and he would join his former high school teammate, Marvin Jones Jr., who, uh, of course, committed to Florida State after entering the portal and leaving Georgia. Those would be two um, pretty high-profile gets when you're talking about the level of athleticism and talent untapped to some extent. Uh, Those two guys would head the list. Um, Earl Little played at the University of Miami before going on to have an NFL career uh, with the Saints and the Packers and the Browns and um, and is an, is an all-world athlete, his son is, and so is Marvin Jones, obviously. So this these would be very, very good gets. Um, and you need this news. You need more of this to start sprinkling in. You need to find out that there are kids excited about coming to Florida State, and those kids need to say yes when they get here because Florida State has very real holes to fill. I want to hear about linebackers that are excited to make their way to Tallahassee. That's that's next on my list. That and offensive linemen. And there are no shortage of offensive linemen uh, that are out there now, some of whom are really talented, two of whom are from Alabama. And uh, don't mind if I do. If you could find a way to close the deal on a couple of those cats, it would be a, it would be a big deal for Florida State. They've got holes to fill. Let's see if they can get it done. They've been ultra successful in the portal uh, in the Mike Norvell era. And we all know that. It's, it's lauded and talked about for a very good reason. But they've started a little slow this time around. And on the heels of that game and the disappointment of the ending of this season, you really hope that somehow that didn't cast a pall over the program and it affects potential portal candidates. We, all, we can say it's silly. We can say it doesn't matter. We can say all those things. But sometimes... Those things can work against you in the world of recruiting, and recruiting the portal is still recruiting. It is, and, and look, it, to me, it, this probably extends all the way through the spring semester, but if you can see fit to retain Farmer and Jackson in the middle, and I know that they're not in the portal officially right now, but you just, you're just you always on pins and needles a little bit, but if you can retain those two guys with the work you've done at defensive end, getting Marvin Jones Jr. to come to campus, you're probably a player or two away from really liking your defensive line across the board. At linebacker, you're probably two or three players away from really liking what linebacker brings to the table, which is to say basically almost the whole rotation of about four. Because I think in a perfect world, they'd like to rotate four dudes throughout a game, and they already they already do. In some games, they rotated as many as five uh, linebackers this past season, but right now you're super thin there. Earl Little helps because it's just more positive momentum. I don't know where he's going to line up. He's listed as just under six feet tall. So I don't know if that you know immediately means that he would be a slot corner or a safety for us. Hard to know. Patrick Sertan has the best idea of anybody about where he's going to fit. And on three had him as a top five defensive back last year mm-hmm. uh, or, or the year that he came out uh, uh, from the high school ranks. 
So that's a good nugget, but it's about the trenches and it's about linebacker at this point. If you're looking for news that is at least going to make the guy to the left of me on WarPan TV really happy, it's about fortifying the ranks of the trenches. Defensive tackle is not that big of a need if you retain. Defensive end, you need at least one. Linebacker, two to three. Offensive lineman, probably two to three as well. I think if you get those shopping items all taken care of, and maybe you toss in a receiver or a running back here or there. That's all well and good. But the the real substance is near the football. Yeah, and that's why. And I, James B., I saw you uh, mentioned to me, and there were some other folks that had mentioned receivers and running backs. And I kind of – I'm not ignoring you. First of all, I'm not always looking at the chat. But secondly, when I do, if I see it, it's not the first thing that I answer. Not because I'm ignoring you, but I just – those aren't the things that are moving me, man. I, I just when you watch the depth and size of talent, the ferocity of offensive and defensive linemen uh, that you see, like a Georgia, and again, that's where we're trying to get to. And I'm not using the 63 to three game as the gauge. I, this is we've talked about the lack of championship level depth here for some time. That they're ahead of schedule, and it's awesome that they are. But they got to get to that level. They got and and right now they're not anywhere close to that level. So when you talk to me about an offensive lineman. That's a four or five star kid coming out of high school that went to Georgia, went to Alabama, went to wherever, Texas, Oklahoma, went somewhere else, and then now they're interested in Florida State. Man, do I perk up. Okay. We know that the baseline talent is there. Now you can it's up to, you know, they it's up to us to do our due diligence and find out why is the kid transferring. But because Florida State's been so good in the portal, I've pretty well trusted that they've vetted these guys. You know, they they've given me a reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. It almost allows for me to be lazy. Like if every time they went after a kid in the portal and that kid came in and let's say, well, I shouldn't say every time, but every time they brought in a guy and or, or, or each time they brought in a guy, we kind of saw, oh, well, there are behavioral issues or this guy doesn't seem to, to really kind of get along with others. It's going to be a cultural problem here in the locker room or maybe, you know, he's fresh off an injury. We would all kind of look at these portal guys with a with a you know raised eyebrow but because the vast majority of what they've brought in certainly got along well did not disrupt the culture and in many cases improved the team immensely when you hear about any of these guys now you kind of just assume that they've done the proper proper due diligence and you're pretty much right to assume so until proven otherwise yeah and for me i'm just looking forward to multi-year players in the trenches like marvin jones jr i don't think is a one and done. So I'm very fired up about that because there's some refinement that needs to come to his game. And if he takes a step forward this year, then he's one of your prime retention candidates for next season. So that's nice. It's a two-year solution to the problem. The more of those that you can find in the trenches, the better. Because I, you're not going for broke this year the way you did last season. 2023, to me, again, it's over now. Well, except for one more game, but for Florida State it is. It was a gettable year because the field was more wide open. You had fewer juggernaut powers like Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama with defined solutions across the board, the 22 positions. So that made it gettable to me. I thought it was awesome that we went for broke. But I think that's exactly what we did this year. I think it's about you're trying to fix the immediate while really trying to make sure that the long term is secure through the portal. So I hope that's what they do. Because the more rentals they bring in, I'm not going to be mad about it. Don't get me wrong. If it's a one-year player and he's a badass, that's great. Bring him on in. And that's what the Purdue kid would have been. But if you can find me some multi-year guys that, you know, it's either because they, they have to play two years or they're on the way up, 
that's that better for us in projecting long-term because the fear for me is, yeah, they could be ahead of schedule right now, but if they don't mind their P's and Q's in the portal, then they're going to be on schedule after next season or maybe a little bit behind schedule. Like, it's great that you're here right now, but you could fall behind that curve if you don't manage the next, uh, you know, two, three months in terms of portal recruiting well. Uh, by the way, sorry, James B. I misread what I was talking about there. The Toomey kid that you're asking about is the lineman. I was thinking of the other kid. The, it doesn't matter. It, it's not Toomey. It's the oh, running the back. Running back? Yeah, yeah, the running back. I couldn't remember his name. But, uh, no, the kid from Furman is who he's talking about, offensive lineman. I always like offensive linemen. I always get excited about offensive linemen. Uh, I didn't watch Furman play this year. I'm not going to lie to you. I so have not seen a game played, from Furman play this year. So I don't know. That kid played tackle for them. Uh, he said in his interview today that they're looking at guard. Uh, he, he said to uh, the media that we had lost both of our starting guards. So I guess that means that Darius figures to be a tackle for us next year. If you're just looking for little clues as to what's going on, uh, that means they think that Darius is going to be a tackle, uh, but he projects to be a guard. And then he's heading to South Carolina and NC State before he makes a decision. Yeah, if we don't get him, I'll be all right. Um, if if he takes it on down the road, if Pearson doesn't come here, I'll be okay with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It's going to be an important year for a lot of coaches on this staff, and I actually think that Alex Atkins is one of them. It, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. This is uh, we're, we're waiting on that development, right? I mean, I think you're with me on this. I am. It is a big year because you can have those solutions and everybody you – know, well, not everybody – you and I, if we've got underlying concerns, they would be allayed. If Lucas Simmons, who was cleared late in the year, that's according to his own teammate, so there's another clue, but was cleared late in the year, if he's a solution for you at tackle, even if it develops by the end of the season, like, okay, that's nice. If Andre Otto continues to develop Love as, Otto, uh, really excited about what he'll be. They're excited about Jalen Early. Um, so we'll see what he does in spring and fall. I'm sure he's got a chance. And then whatever comes of Julian Armella. I mean, you know, Armella has been an interesting storyline. He seemed like at the time of signing day two years ago, Florida State's leading candidate to be the first guy among that class that makes the starting five. I think Early's probably the better candidate at this point, but we'll see how it all shakes out. You know, I'm glad you brought up Lucas Simmons he got lost in the shuffle for Florida State because we were talking about guys like Julian Armella, and we were talking about this, the, the players that were starting and the depth that they had brought in because of the portal, right? And so buyers and people like that that were brought in. And so we didn't think going into the season, oh, well, he's not going to play this year, so we kind of just forgot about him. But he was a prized catch. I mean, this was a kid with real feet it's hard to find 6'8 with a wingspan like that. And remember when he arrived, this is a big, strong kid. This is a kid that had a great lower body. So right off the bat when he got here, I joke about it on the show all the time. We're looking at him, and I'm saying he's got a great ass. Big old ass. That's what you need right there. There's the weight. He's got all the weight you need anchored down low. But he's thin up top. Well, of course he is. He's six foot eight. It's hard to fill that in at six foot eight when you're 18 years old. So we thought of him kind of like a, oh, well, it'll be a year or two before he plays. But we loved what he was. And the early glimpses suggested really smooth, good bend, everything. You liked everything. But because you just said it and because a teammate referenced it, we're now allowed to talk about it. The reason that Simmons kind of disappeared was he couldn't participate. 
He was not able to participate this year for Florida State. And so, and again, now that it's out there, and I won't get into the medical details, but we'd go to practice, and it wasn't long before we all began to wonder, well, where is he? Where, where, where is Simmons? I mean, this is a kid we're all excited about. Why is he not out here? Of course, we're not allowed to talk about those things. So we just kind of, all right, well, let's see what happens. Well, I will tell you, my personal concerns began to, I mean, like the, you know, the red siren, the alarm started to go off. Like the longer that went on, Tom, the more I began to get really worried. And I, and again, I'm not going to get into the medical, but the concern became sort of, are you kidding me? I'm really worried for this kid. Obviously, it starts with the kid. Anytime somebody is highly touted and brought in and they're not playing and they're not able to practice, you begin to wonder, okay, first, usually a lot of times, based on the past, you kind of, well, maybe it's grades. I don't know. Maybe there's a discipline issue. You know, even if you don't know, you begin to speculate in your mind. You're like, okay, well, this too shall pass. We've seen a lot of people go in the get in the doghouse for some reason. Maybe they missed a class or they showed up late to a meeting. You just don't know. So you kind of just knock some things around in your mind and you assume it'll work itself out. But you do begin to ask questions and you do begin to fish. And if it continues, you do begin to get really concerned. And it reached that place for me because this kid, in my mind, is potentially, from what we've seen of him, a first-round offensive tackle prospect. That kind of talent. Florida State has not brought that kind of talent in here often on the offensive line in recent years. Really, for a long, long time. And so, go ahead. I was going to say, um, you know, the timeline for him, too, was towards the end of spring, you started to see him rotate in with the twos. Mm -hmm. And I, I think... Some of that was for experience, but then some of that was because he wasn't bad. He was pretty <laughs> good, Tom. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. You just the upper body was a little thinned out, and so he needed to get to work there. And you know, he thought, all right, maybe if he could put on some muscle up top. Not saying he has to be a true freshman rotational piece, but you you could see something, um, you know, in garbage time, say well, in right. a southern southern miss game. He or, wasn't or, getting into those opportunities. Right, right, and that's where. People are asking the question, but we, we can't do anything with that question. No, I can't do anything with that question. And by the way, I see somebody in the chat say, why wasn't he eligible? It was not a matter of eligibility. So, again, we, we start you start getting concerned and you wonder, oh, man, well, I hate it for this young man. Obviously, I want him to be uh, able to, to pursue his dreams and, and have an opportunity to play. I hate it for Florida State to get a guy of that magnitude to come in here and, and that potential and then not be able to play is, is potentially devastating. So let's fast forward. That to see him be to to see him come back to be able to now participate and play, you forget that you have that in your back pocket. That Simmons is gonna be a guy. We think, knock on wood, it stays this way. That will be able to now get after it in the weight room, get after it on the field. He is a quick riser, a fast developer. He's got real talent. Who knows? You might be able to see something of significance from him this upcoming year. Don't know that, but but you might. The other thing I'd say is his reputation is sterling in terms of oh, being yeah. a teammate, uh, being committed. You know, this is something that would it would make uh, our film of the first few periods of practice. He was in full uniform every day. Now, 
that might sound strange given what we're talking about, but I'm, I just I want to put that out there because he was always a sponge on the practice field. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. a sponge. So he wants to learn. He's got all the tools. He looked really impressive in his first camp of big-time college football. Was he dominant? No, by no stretch, by no stretch. But did he belong? Yes, yes, he did. As a true freshman in his first camp, yeah, this could be something that gets really fun really fast, and then it would allay some concerns. But again, he's he's a class younger than the one before, which had Early and Armella and Kayshawn Sapp right. and DeAndre Jones and, not, sorry, Kenai Charlton and others. Um those solutions, it looks like early may be one, and, and maybe Armella could be two, but what a huge camp this is going to be for that offensive line. Can't wait to get down there back home and go see that for a week and see what these kids look like. It's a big camp for those kids. I think it's a big season and camp for Alex Atkins. It's a big moment for the offensive and defensive lines, and I'll beat it till the you know cows come home, that drum, over and over again. we got to see some development and real uptick in talent at linebacker. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are Mm lifesavers. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Uh, uh. Jeff, it's disingenuous to compare Norvell's accomplishments in the portal the past two years because he had relatively little competition either year. This year, that's all changed. Well, he had lots of competition in the portal. 
lots of competition in the portal uh, the last two years. It's uh, it's not disingenuous at all to talk about the success of the portal and what Mike Norvell has done in it. I've, along with that part of the conversation, noted that it would be difficult to get that right year in and year out, that you couldn't probably live on that, that over time it would get tougher and tougher and tougher, partly because other people would begin to figure it out, but also because there are certain positions that I think players are more readily available, elite level players are more readily available than others. You're not, uh, to me, I think it's been fairly obvious it is hard to find the best of the best on the offensive line in the portal. You know, that you can find, you know, the players that go into the portal are ranked and you'll see like, well, this guy's the top ranked guard or tackle in the portal. But you'll notice a lot of times those guys are like Jeremiah Byers, Tom, that, you know, Byers was the number one ranked guy in the portal at the position, but he was from UTEP. I mean, you're not now, now, you know, Braden Fisk was at Western Michigan. I get it. And it turned out you hit a home run there on the defensive line, but it is awfully difficult to find a kid that is – we talk about the, the clay, right? The elite clay, the molding of the best players. These offensive lines you see at Georgia and Alabama and Michigan, wherever, a lot of those guys were straight out of high school. They weren't portal guys that came over from UTEP. Yeah, by, defi- by definition, if you're a, a program like an Alabama or a Georgia, you're going to need the portal less, but it doesn't mean you don't need it at all. Um, you know, Georgia obviously has dipped into it a bunch this offseason, and they made waves for doing that. Alabama, one of the recent high-profile transfers they got was Jameer Gibbs, you know, and, and, uh, from Georgia Tech. So it's not like these programs don't ever go in there, and, they, and some of them more than others. Dabo is the least of everybody going into the portal. But I think what's going to be interesting every year is that there's going to be an oscillation between the high school ranks and the portal itself in terms of what is the better market in a given year for value? Like, is this a thin year in the high school ranks for offensive line play? That's happened in the last three cycles yes, where there was a year yeah. where there hasn't been a whole lot of high school talent on the offensive line. All right. Well, that year it's going to be more expensive to go get an offensive lineman in the portal than it is in the high school ranks. And that could happen at any position group each year. That's one of the advanced scouting things of the 9 million that have been added to the plate of somebody like a Derek Ray or anybody you want to name across the country as like the head of the operation in terms of scouting. Where do we go? How do we compose our roster? Mm-hmm. Like every year you're going to have to look at what the competition is going to see. Uh, it, it's almost like an NFL draft or an NBA draft question. Well, you know, there, there are a lot of point guards coming out this year. So I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to go make some money in the NIL for a season because next year's point guard class is going to be pretty thin. So I will make more money for myself then. You're going to have to think just like that when you're a general manager of a, a college football program when you're saying, all right, those 25-0 linemen are great. Let's grab three of them. The 26 offensive linemen are thin. Let's prepare to go hit the portal in 26 for immediate help. But it's those kinds of things that have to happen at every position group every year. Yeah, and I think you can always fill holes with the portal. Every team's going to do that. Alabama's done it. Georgia's done it as well. And, you know, you think that's not something that's never not going to be true as long as the portal exists as it does and the transfer rules are as they are. You're going to have these great opportunities. Few and far between, though, will you find the creme de la creme and talent 
you know, in those spots. I think most of those are still going to come from the high school ranks. Um, if you need a year rental to bridge a gap from one kid to another, or you have a massive, uh, you know, influx of injuries, unfortunately, or something like that, you might have to do it and to, to kind of make it happen. I, I understand that part of it. I just want – this was a top-10 class they just signed. Should have been a little bit better. It was set up to be a little bit better. They missed out on a couple late, and that's disappointing. They got to stock, stockpile that. They got to stockpile that. And that's how you get to that place where, okay, now we're just filling these holes with portal gods. Right now, this is too much of a necessity for Florida State. This is now you're finding starter, 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 starter in the portal. I don't want to be at that place. I want to get to And it's fine that he has to. It, it, that he had to do it doesn't bother me. That he did do it successfully allows me to celebrate a 13-0 and season because he understood the task at hand and the need to do so expeditiously. That's important. I'm glad. But from here, we kind of look at it a little bit differently. We also know it's not sustainable. Yeah, I agree. I think so this year's recruiting class stopped the bleeding. We thought it was going to stop the bleeding and heal the wound like in one fell swoop. Um, but I think it did. Offensive line-wise, they, they've recruited okay. Like They had a really big haul two years ago. I think Simmons and Otto are two nice players. And then they had a decent haul again this year on the offensive line. So I don't think that that's as critical of a thing as looking at the front seven defensively. But if you're looking at the last few years' worth of classes, Blake Nicholson is a nice player. K.J. Sampson is a nice player. Beyond that, you got real problems. And, and to your point, where you might be able to find an edge rusher from Albany once in a great while. <laughs> Turns or maybe into it a first-round pick, sure. Maybe there's a cast-off from Georgia because they've got too many of them, and you'll be able to plug them and play them right there in the rotation, along with a guy from South Carolina. And you might be able to do that uh, once every two or three cycles. But defensive interior? I don't know that you can live and die on that. Offensive tackle? You can't live and die on that. So, you know, these are the challenges. The thing is, I think Florida State has gotten to a place where we are a top 10 program and there, there should be top 10 expectations. Like, well, say, out of every three seasons, you should be a top 10 team in the playoff two out of every three. I think that's where we have gotten from this year. But in order to get to that top five level, that top three level, there's there's just a little bit more tweaking that needs to be done. Linebacker is the obvious one, and then trench play. They could be better specifically on the defensive line. And then the offensive line, I think they've been above average, but nothing like gangbusters. Got to recruit at a higher level is what we're getting at. There are coaches who do a very good job of it and others who are doing not as good a job is that is necessary. And you got to – it's a perfect match. It's always a mix and match. Uh, you're going to have guys that are great teachers, guys that, guys that are really relatable, great coaches, X's and O guys, and guys that can just recruit their ass off. And I feel like we're lacking in that last category. I feel like there's not enough guys that can really just recruit their ass off. Mississippi sophomore running back, Sean Judkins, has entered the portal. And in two seasons there with Lane Kiffin, he was good. SEC freshman of the year in 2022, uh, a season high 1,567 yards and 16 touchdowns, 5'11", 210. You want him? I mean, if that's going to take a dollar away from a trench player, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where we are. I think I think yeah. we'll be okay in the skill position realm. Uh, I just multi-year trench playing transfers. That's where I would and linebackers. Um, that would be where I would spend the coin. Of course, I want him is the answer. How unlimited are the the 
the purse strings right now for this particular cycle. Well, since we're solving the future with our friends at ISF, I'm going to go ahead and do it here. Alabama linebacker Chris Braswell heading to the NFL draft. Not what you want. He joined fellow linebacker Dallas Turner and offensive tackle J.C. Latham in announcing plans to leave the Crimson Tide. That's a, that's a bummer, but the position is what you want. So, Tom, what I'm going to do to solve the future is throw my hat in the ring if I'm Florida State for every single linebacker in the portal. And I'm going to do so and lure them by telling people Randy Shannon will not be their coach. And there it is. That combination will get us at least one good linebacker. There you go. Now that's fanciful and a bit tongue-in-cheek and perhaps cruel in the minds of some. But I'm doing something to shake it up, baby. Sometimes solving the future is making a change. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. It's not about it's not about optimizing, which is what ISF can do. It can optimize your performance. That's correct. It's not about uh, coordination. That's what a ISF can do. It can coordinate your performance and coordinate your solutions. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about changing the pieces. You know what? This puzzle ain't working. So I'm going to put it in the box. I'm going to open up another puzzle. I'm going to put some pieces together. And these are brand new pieces. And that's what you're saying. I'm saying sometimes you don't have to continue to collaborate with somebody when the vision is not working out the way that you had planned. So it's time to shake it up. ISF collaborates with all kinds and does a very good job of making it work and seeing that vision through. The problem I have when it comes to vision is I don't see it. I don't see it from Randy. Where's the vision, Randy? Where are the players? Where's the development? Where are the guys? Where are they? They ain't Omar Graham. Where are they? Let's go. I want to see some people. I can't continue to collaborate. There's nothing to collaborate with. We don't have anybody. That's not how you're going to solve the future, Tom. It's not. Our friends at ISF.com are better at it. You don't want to convert uh, you know, by way of perhaps a using some tools like ISF has in the past to say that maybe a running back, you can convert him to play <laughs> linebacker. It's not as simple as uh, using the old PS4 controller. I had to convert one of our tight ends. I did this on my own by lobbying for it to happen for the better part of a year and a half, and it did work. Clearly, Norvell heard me and said, yeah, you're right. Randy doesn't seem to be doing anything with these linebackers. The problem is that we took the kid from tight end and put him at linebacker, but then we expected Randy to develop him well. We're just standing in place. Well, we'll go to solo cam on that one. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy 
The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I uh, overlooked a super chat earlier in the show, and I failed to uh, touch on the question at hand, and... uh, I'm sorry about that, Captain850. I'm going to make sure I hit this question uh, before I forget to do so. I will. I'll get to prattling on about something and forget all about the Super Chat or where I was going. And that question is, when does our schedule typically get finalized? Well, the 2024 schedule is already finalized, Tom. The opponents are, but the sequence is not. Yeah, the sequence is not, but the opponents. I, I I thought he was just talking about who's on it, but that's long been decided. So the last year we had a scheduled reaction show. I looked this mm-hmm. up on January the 30th. So mm-hmm. the ACC got wise last year and made a night of it. And then we go live on Warchant to react to what we see in terms of the sequencing. We know a lot of the games already. Uh, next year, you know that we're playing, uh, obviously, in Dublin to start the season. It's the Memphis Georgia State Tech. is locked in September. The Notre Dame game is locked. Florida's locked. And then the week before Florida as well. So there are seven games and how we sequence them and two bye weeks because we do start in August. So there's there's uh, nine slates or nine Saturdays that we got to figure out be the end of the month that we know. And that is always exciting because it's our first opportunity to do W's and L's, Tom. And we love doing W's and L's. Um, I do W's and L's for two and three years out. I mean, you and I have looked at the FSU football. Now, this time, it's more difficult to do it because we may not be in this conference. So when you're looking at 2025, 2026, it's a little bit dicey. But you're right. The order of these games, and you talk about what's already locked in, August 24th in Ireland, Aviva Stadium. I've been there, stood in the center of that stadium. It's a cool locale. Going to be a lot of fun to go over to Dublin. You and I already have... Many things in the work, Tom, including a broadcast place, a pub, an area where we're going to be doing the show and getting together and having a good time. Uh, but, all right, you want to do a little W's and L's, buddy, for 2024? With no, well, again, Saturday, November 9th, Notre Dame. Saturday, September 14th, Memphis. Saturday, November 23rd, Charleston Southern. November 30th. University of Florida. The rest is up in the air. A bunch of TBAs with uh, Duke, BC, Cal, Clemson, SMU, Miami, and North Carolina. I mean, we could. We'll have to throw music on it after the segment because we are in two different locations, but we could if you just want to go down the line and drop a, a cold WRL next to each team's name. You know, by the way, I do want to admit, I can't wait to take it to Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Boy, is that going to be a lot of fun. I like going to Dallas, and we get to hit the Gerald J. Ford, and it's going to be a big time. Ford was one of our most boring presidents of all time. It is not going to be boring, however, when we hit Dallas. 
I think that's a, a, an opponent with more than a puncher's chance in SMU, right? They got some things rolling over there. We're going to beat SMU's ass, Tom, and we oh. are going to have a good time in Dallas-Fort Worth, buddy. What a time we're going to have. The last time we were in Dallas, we had a blast. I was grilling. We were drinking all-day IPA, uh, and those were tasty. They were going down like water. The, that would be 10 years ago, what? September. This is, this is before we knew Tyreek Hill routinely beat his pregnant girlfriend and broke his son's arm. This is before we knew what a piece of garbage he was. That was that long ago. Can you believe it? Ten years ago that Florida State wore the helmets that were so lightly gold they might have matched the white jerseys. And they were also yeah. fat. They were weirdly fat. I've Nobody's ever talked about that. Those were fat helmets. They were not the right size helmets. In addition to being an odd gold and kind of just awkward looking, they were also like oblong and stupid. They were fat. That is lost in the shuffle as one of Jameis' most impressive plays is the run for the touchdown where he may have fumbled before he got in. He, didn't, uh, he did not. He did not. That run, the jump cut, all of those moves he pulled off, he hurdled a dude who was on the ground. Those are really, really good play. And, and that first half was awesome, but that game mirrored – actually, it was the inverse, I should say, of what was most of that season, which was usually bad first halves and then a rally. That was a pretty good start, and then you're kind of holding on for dear life at the end. Uh, that's right. It was ridiculous. We were very angry. It was a sign of things to come. We were very, very frustrated after that game. And I remember walking out of the stadium feeling very good, but also being kind of concerned. Uh, no, I just, I just circled the, the, the SMU game as a fun one to go to in Dallas. And then, uh, unfortunately Cal is here. I was really looking forward to going there. I've been to that stadium. Actually, I ran down that field of the Cal golden bears. Uh, but that'll be another win for us. By the way, do you remember all those moons ago this year that Auburn and Cal had the war to start the season? What a game that was. It was a three-point affair, like 13-10. to 10. I do not remember that yeah, game. It was a late-night game, buddy. That's what Auburn fans knew. It was a rebuild. They, were, they had a lot to do. They had a lot to go. What they knew is that they were capable of being within a miracle of beating Alabama as yeah, bad as they are right. this year. The wrong end of a miracle, I guess you would say, is uh, yeah, it was a nightmare for them. It was not a miracle. That's um, brutal. Yeah, I do. Um, I, the games, the roadies that uh, I'm excited about. Obviously, Notre Dame. You can't wait to arrive at that dump of a town with me, and we'll I, enjoy it. I guess we're going. Oh, we'll we're, a- we're going. Who wants to sponsor that trip and come ride with us? That that would be the way to do it. Well, I don't know that anybody needs to ride with us. They can sponsor from afar. Um, but, uh, yeah, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, November the 9th, that'll be fun. Nice chilly weather at Notre Dame. We arrive in South Bend, tell everybody what a dump of a town this is. We have a good time. This time around we win the game. It's going to be good. I wish the Memphis game were at Memphis. You got, oh, how much fun would that be? I'd love it. I've been to Memphis. I like Memphis. I'm ready to go to Memphis now. I'd be everywhere this year. I'd be at Aviva Stadium in Ireland. I'd be in Memphis if we were going to Memphis, but we're not. It's here. Uh, I'd be, obviously, at Notre Dame. I would be uh, in Dallas, uh, without question. And uh, probably not, well, I may end up at the Hard Rock just to hang out with Marvin Jones. I think you'll go down for this one because the Orange Bowl did not move you. And I think some of your friends in South Florida, namely the owner of Los Tacos, would disown you if you didn't make if it. If I service. didn't make it two years ago, Jeff Stalker's going to be waiting for him in that Chicago. <laughs> no, I can meet her in Dallas. Remember? She was from Dallas. 
Oh, whoa, whoa. How do you remember that? She so told clearly? me she was from Dallas. She was a scientist from Dallas. I have a lot of conversations with people that I forget very easily, man. <laughs> I just remember I thought it was crazy that she was a scientist in Dallas, and I thought that was a unique thing. I, it stuck with me. <laughs> apparently. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it was fun. Uh, yeah, she was uh, – I, I don't know her name or her number, Tom. I'll never be able to track her down. Maybe she listens from afar. She's waiting to find me at a bar, a random bar in Dallas. She'll find you at Gerald J. Ford Stadium. <laughs> and, and she'll say, Section 35, hello. She's going to be like, where you been, stranger? I brought you a beer. <laughs> hey, the lady from Dallas that's a scientist. How are you? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that schedule, we won't do W's and L's in the one minute that remains in the show. It's not the right thing to do, but I am a scheduled guy and I will sit and look at like 2026, 2026. Hey, you want to know what we have in 2026? But now it's all changed because we don't know where we're going to be in 2026. So it's impossible. By the way, 2026, we're supposed to play at Alabama. Just so you know, good work out of you, sir. Go enjoy the rest of your day. Matthew, good work out of you. Be well, everybody. Peace.